Well, it's probably fitting to do a homily on the Beatitudes that we just read. There's so much there that would take this entire course you can take in seminary just on the Beatitudes. But I think it does link because we want to talk about what we're celebrating today in the solemnity of All Saints Day. As I mentioned, a holy day of obligation. Now, what are the holy days of obligation? We're going to remind you to be able to make sure that we attend Mass on these days, not for, for God's sake, but for our sake, all right? The holy days of obligation, to remind you, start with January 1st, the solemnity of Mary, the mother of God. And what's the next one? It's the Ascension, which is celebrated on the sixth Thursday, sixth Thursday after Easter. Then August the 15th, the Assumption. Then December the 8th, the Immaculate Conception. Then December 25th, which is Christmas. And what am I missing? Well, today, of course. But what else am I not mentioning that, you, that is a holy day of obligation that I did not list there? Sunday. Every Sunday. Every Sunday is a holy day of obligation. So while we love that you join us, even on Sundays for the live stream Mass, you got to make sure you attend the sacrifice of the Mass to receive Holy Communion, to be united with God. This is so important. Now, if this Holy Day of Obligation falls, however, on a Saturday or a Monday, the precept to attend Mass is abrogated. It's kind of a... Kind of an easy thing, I think, that if I was the Holy Father, I, if I was part of the Magister, I might still say you need to go. But on Saturdays or Mondays, if the feast falls on those days and the obligation to attend Mass does not apply. But today is a Wednesday. So, Holy Day of Obligation. All Saints Day today. Now, All Saints today and All Souls Day tomorrow are celebrated even if they fall on a Sunday. Normally, if a feast falls on a Sunday, we do not celebrate it. But we do <clears throat> because only feasts of our Lord. And there's a couple, uh, Our Lady and John the Baptist. But <clears throat> if this feast, All Saints Day, or even All Saints Day, uh, All Souls Day tomorrow, fall on a Sunday, they are still celebrated. That's huge. So the concept of All Saints Day is important. Why? Okay, it's connected to the doctrine of the communion of saints. This is important. It's a tenet of our faith. We have the church triumphant, the saints in heaven, the church militant, us here on earth, and then the church suffering in purgatory, but we are all united in the body of Christ. Now, all this we always hear, stop saying this, Father. Saints can't hear us. They are dead. Well, say that to Moses, who appeared on Mount Tabor, who had died centuries earlier, but yet was very much alive and very much speaking. Now, Jesus spoke to him on the mountain of the transfiguration. Moses had died, but he was very much alive. It is true, the saints are not divine. We don't claim they are. We don't even say they're omnipotent or omnipresent. 
Okay, they're not. And we don't worship them, contrary to what we are told by non-Catholics. But because of their close communion with Christ, our prayers are joined with theirs in communion. That's what we celebrate today. It is not just about me and Jesus. It's about me and Jesus and the body of Christ. The church triumphant in heaven, the church militant, my brothers and sisters here on earth, and the church suffering in purgatory. Now, All Saints Day that we celebrate today is called All Hallows Day. Hallow, holy. So All Saints Day or All Hallows Day is part of something called All Hallows Tide. This is important. Why? Because November 1st and 2nd are the days dedicated to all the dead. Now, last night was Halloween. And we hear all the time how evil it is. Well, yeah, for some it's become evil. If you're sitting in a graveyard with an Ouija board and you bring along some psychic and you're trying to invoke the dead and through necromancy you call upon them to place a curse on your mother-in-law, yes, you have turned to Halloween for something evil. But Halloween is actually the vigil of today's feast. Uh, October 31st is included in All Hallows Tide because it is the vigil of All Hallows Eve, thus Halloween, Hallows Eve, Hallowed Evening, Holy Evening. Where do you get Satan in that? Okay, people can misuse it. I can hand you a knife. And you can use the knife for a good purpose of cutting up the fruits and vegetables for dinner, and it is used for a good purpose. Or I can hand you a knife and you can go stab somebody with it. Because it's used by some people for the bad purpose does not make it inherently bad itself. And so we have to keep that in mind. So Halloween means hallowed evening. Hallowed, this is a very important or holy evening. And so All Saints Day today, November the 1st, is important. Now, why? I think this is interesting because when you hear All Saints Day, you're thinking of the classic St. Ignatius, St. Faustina, St. Therese of Lisieux. You're thinking of all these saints. But actually today, because most saints have a feast day that we know of, right? So we all know that, you know, uh, St. John Bosco's on January 31st, St. Faustina's on October 5th. Most saints have a particular feast day. Usually it's the date of their death. Now, not all, however, are observed. Today we honor the saints who have not been canonized. Because every person in heaven is a saint. So we honor the saints who have not been canonized, who do not have feast days. So every other day that we have a feast day on the church calendar, we celebrate that saint. So September 23rd, when I was ordained to the diaconate, we celebrated St. Matthew. These are canonized saints. But what about all the other saints who don't have their own feast day, who weren't canonized? Today is their day, and that's what we celebrate. So now tomorrow, 
is All Souls Day. And here we remember those who are not yet into heaven. So on the regular feast days, we honor the canonized saints. Today, we, we honor all the other saints who are in heaven but do not have their own feast days because they weren't canonized. And tomorrow, we remember those who have not yet made it to heaven. On, and this is All Hallows Tide. We're remembering the dead. And so on All Saints Day, there is a call to live as saints, to remind us how we are supposed to live. And on All Souls Day tomorrow, we're thinking about the imperfect souls and asking for God's mercy on them. This is why the first week of November has traditionally been the time you visit a graveyard. So we, we invite all those who come to the shrine this next, uh, from November 1st to November 8th, to visit the graveyard here of our Marian fathers. Go to any graveyard, say the prayers there that the, the church lists, and you can get a plenary indulgence. Very powerful. So what does this all come from? Okay, Protestants banned All Saints Day, and thus its vigil, All Hallows Evening, Halloween. Because why? Why was it banned? Why is there such an anti-position against Halloween? Well, it makes sense if you're using it for evil, as I said. But really the true story comes because it had to do with purgatory, praying for the dead. If there is purgatory, you have, if, there, if you're praying for the dead, that means there's purgatory. Now, this is scriptural. Second Maccabees, which the Catholics did not add to the Bible, Martin Luther took it out, talks about the need to pray for the dead, to help them. And so when the Protestants banned All Saints Day in Puritan America, this, and thus its vigil, Halloween, it was because it had to do with purgatory. And so it was eliminated. Now, Irish Catholics, God bless Ireland, was just there. The immigrants came here to America and revived Halloween. They revived it as a way of celebrating the vigil of All Saints Day that we celebrate today. And on the feast of the vigil, they would actually as Christians, mock evil, not succumb to it, not participate with it, but recognizing that evil has no power over us. This is why they wore costumes. They would wear costumes and other pagan things that people would acclaim was only just Catholic pagan stuff. No, like jack-o'-lanterns. Jack-o'-lanterns originally represented the souls of the dead. That's why they were carved. They weren't carved for evil purposes. Others believe that it came from the pagan practice of dressing in disguise so that evil spirits who would come on Halloween, the night of Halloween, would not recognize the people and not be able to torment them. But the bottom line is you're focusing on helping the dead that your loved ones, for instance, have um, in need of prayer. Now, why do we have saints? The saints are perfect examples. They show us how to do stuff. They show us that it's possible. Don't you have any inspirations that you turn to? I always point out, you know, if you're trying to be a great physicist, you know, people look to, uh, you know, Einstein or Isaac Newton. If you want to be a great athlete, 
you look to Barry Sanders. If you want to be a great um, uh, person of the church, you turn to the saints. They show us how to do it. You know, I, I didn't think living a celibate life was possible. But when you read about the saints, you realize it is possible. God can act through secondary agents like people and the saints, even objects. We know in relics, man came back to life when he touched the bones of Elisha. This is 2 Kings. God performed cures through Peter's shadow. This is Acts 5. And Paul's handkerchief in Acts 19. So if God can work through a bone, a handkerchief, and a shadow, why can't he work through a saint? It tells us in Acts 19 that God worked through Paul's handkerchief. Well, my goodness, if God can work through Paul's handkerchief, don't we think he can still work through St. Paul? I would guess so. They don't perform the miracles themselves, the, the handkerchief or the bone, but through the intercession of the saint. When God worked through the handkerchief of St. Paul, it wasn't the handkerchief that did the miracle. It was through the intercession of St. Paul. Or when God worked through the shadow of St. Peter in Acts 5, it wasn't the shadow of St. Peter that performed the miracle. It was the intercession of St. Peter. God does the miracles, but through the intercession of the saints. And so most theologians say that saints in heaven, we know that they don't have universal access to our thoughts. It's another common complaint we hear. Stop it. The saints are not omniscient. We never said they were. We, we agree that most do not have universal access to your thoughts. But any knowledge they gain or prayer you make to them is received from God who makes them aware of our requests. So if you ask St. Faustina to intercede for you that you better receive God's mercy and you live God's mercy, God, through the body of Christ, which the saints are united, allows St. Faustina to be involved and to help you. She, as a creature, knows the difficulty, but she will intercede. Now, according to Father McNamara, we can get a saint to intercede for a departed loved one. This is powerful. You know, pray to St. Jude if you think you have an impossible cause. Like when my grandma took her life, that seemed like an impossible cause for her to get to heaven. Found out later it isn't. God's, greatest, God's mercy is greater. So pray to St. Jude for impossible causes. We have a duty not only to pray for the holy souls in purgatory, which we do tomorrow, but to ask the saints in heaven to intercede for them. Part of the reason we're praying to the saints today is to help them intercede for the souls in purgatory. You know, to pray doesn't mean to worship. That's another misconception about our faith all the time. Stop praying and worshiping Mary. Stop praying to and worshiping the saints. Praying to the saints is not worship. In fact, to pray isn't necessarily worship. Worship is sacrifice. You know what to pray means? to ask. So if you've ever asked,
asked anybody to help you. You've asked for intercession. In fact, in the courts, <clears throat> the verbiage of the courts used to say to pray. The defendant prays that the court will motion this action uh, on this date. They weren't praying to God that they pick this date to enter the motion. They would say it's requesting the court. To pray means to request, to ask. It doesn't mean to worship. Now, we pray to God in a part of our act of worship, but the biggest part is the sacrifice to God, which we give at the Mass. And so saints are important. Now, they cannot help the poor souls in purgatory without our request to intercede. The poor souls are poor because they depend on us. They have nothing of their own. Now, people tell us that the saints would empty purgatory because they have, if they had all the power. They don't. We do. Through our intercession of asking, I should say, for our prayers, asking the saints to intercede for those souls in purgatory. You know, Aquinas, Thomas Aquinas says that saints have the power to intercede, but they cannot do things to help gain satisfaction for souls in purgatory. You know the only thing that can gain satisfaction for the souls in purgatory? The offering of suffering. The saints in heaven don't have any suffering. Guess who does? We do. So tomorrow, if you attend the 11 o'clock mass here at the National Shrine, you'll hear me talking about doing that for the holy souls tomorrow. If they had that power, the saints, they would empty purgatory. This is why we come in. Ask the saints to pray for particular souls that you do not know are in heaven or not. Don't assume because your grandma was a great lady that she's automatically in heaven. Pray for her. Ask the saints to intercede. And then do your part by offering your sufferings, suffrages, are, are more than just suffering. Suffrages are offering masses, prayers, acts of piety that you offer for the repose of a soul. So you see why these, two, these feasts are together? All saints, all souls. All saints, because we honor those in heaven who are closest to God, and then we ask for their intercession to help the holy souls, which only we can invoke that. The saints then do it. It's all united. This is how we unite the church triumphant with the church militant with the church suffering. It's beautiful. Why would we say that God doesn't have the power to do this? God wants to glorify his body. And by glorifying his body, he includes all parts to it. Your body is most glorified when you use all of it. And so intercession is biblical. Don't be afraid to use the saints. They are a gift from God. So praise be to God that we celebrate them today. Don't let this grace be unused. This is a powerful gift that God gives us in the saints. Amen. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.
Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.